0: Do they think we got three Rod Brandamores, or what? I think I started lifting real light weights when I was like 12. Now listening to the Rod the Podcast with your hosts Jordan Betts and Mike Men.
1: All right, welcome into the first live in-game recording of the Rod the Podcast. It's currently uh, 15 minutes to play in the second period of the Canes Panthers matchup. Uh, how are we doing tonight, Mike?
0: Doing pretty good. I'm uh, faced away from the television so that I'm not distracted so that I can, you know, give you my full attention. Yeah, I I was like, bro, why don't you turn
1: your chair? He's like, I can't do it. I'm like, all right. So a little inside the the episode tonight. uh, Plan is to go over the last uh, six games since last time we chatted with you guys. And then Mike's got a little uh, venting to do, get a little something off his chest about the team. A uh, little update, Canes are down one nothing at this point uh, down in Sunrise, Florida. But uh, recapping the last six games, uh, I'll say the scores, and then we'll kind of go game by game really briefly. Um, last time we recorded was prior to the – or was post uh, the Vancouver game. Since the Canes lost 6-2 to at home versus the Islanders, probably their worst performance of the year, uh, came back the following night. Uh, stole a point in overtime in a Brent Burns goal in Philadelphia, defeated Washington the following Monday in a really exciting contest in overtime, definitely earned the two points there uh, turned around a few days later, defeated Tampa in a shootout. Sebastian Aho actually pot and one in the shootout, typically terrible uh, in the skills competition, but that was great for him. He followed that up the next night with a Sebastian Aho <laughs> hat trick. We'll get yeah. to that later. Guys, it's Aho. Come on. We got to be better than that. But, five two or five three win over buffalo uh and then three games and four nights really look kind of sleepy uh versus toronto on sunday uh losing three to one at home to round out the homestand mike what are your broad strokes thoughts and we can dive in game by game yeah i mean
0: the broad strokes are it's it's been interesting games to say the least I think when you look at them individually, there's different pieces that you can take from all of them. I think kind of the the macro overview of it all, at the end of the day, is the team isn't near where they can be.
1: I, I don't want you to dive in yet. I, I want sure. you to be able to, to say your piece a little later. Um, but but diving into the Islanders game, uh, you were there. I, I missed that when I was in uh, Michigan. Um what like that really brutal performance? It seemed like in rewatching the game.
0: Yeah, the Islanders took it to the Canes. Um, they played one of the better games we've seen from an opponent this year, and the Canes just didn't really match any of that play. So that was a challenging game. Um, some bad goals against. Not the greatest effort. Just all They're around. Really, really,
1: ju- just genuinely a disconcerting effort from what yeah. they put on the ice that night. However, they they bounced back the following evening. I jokingly say bounced back because, yeah, they got the two points in Philly, but they weren't good that night. They were not the better team. I didn't think they brought their A game at all.
0: No, they didn't, but we've talked about this before, and that's what really good teams do is they find ways to get a point and then every now and then two in those scenarios. They uh, didn't play their best hockey, but they stuck in the game and they they ended up stealing it and those games really matter down the stretch when you're not playing your best hockey when you can go out there and you know play down to opponent play worse than them and and somehow manage to get points out of it it's it's pretty tough to complain with
1: that result for sure at the end of the day it's all about getting the result and you know what really stood out to me especially in the you know extra frame there was um, the star power having, you know, as well as Martinez is playing right now. And then Brent Burns with a just absolute snipe piece to win it. You know, Carolina really just haven't, ha- hasn't had the star power up and down, uh, the lineup card. And, and now they, now they do. And, uh, sometimes the stars can just win you a game when you're not the better team that night. And so I thought that was really encouraging. Speaking of encouraging, uh, that Washington performance was kind of the antithesis of, of, of Philly. Uh, and in the fact that they were very dominant throughout that game uh, and were you no know, fortunate unfortunate in a way to give Washington a point but in the end you escape with two um well-deserved points
0: yeah i think it's a very beat up Washington team i think i don't know how much it was at the time but i think they're close to like 40 million right now in ir money so it's not great bob not great um that team will certainly be more formidable in the future than they are right now. But at the end of the day, the Canes took it to them. You want to, you want to run away with that one. You don't want to have to go to overtime. Um, But once again, the team gets the result, can't fault them for it, but pretty dominant effort. Yeah.
1: Pretty dominant effort. The only negative I'd really say is in that extra, you know, in the overtime period, uh, that four on three power play w- was pretty brutal, you know, kind of passing yeah. it around the diamond, uh, not really stretching the the defense side to side and allowing them to be compact in front of the goal and didn't really get any good looks. But uh, skills competition was great. Uh, Brent Burns uh, really silky moves, fetch falls it up. And, and as he usually does uh, scores it um, pretty pleased by that and a, there was a lot of years when they didn't win any of those shootouts, and now we kind of expect them to. So that was great. Uh, speaking of winning shootouts, they followed up the you know a few days later on Thursday night in um, in Tampa, got another shootout victory. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one?
0: Another game where I think, honestly, I think the kind of difference was Vasileski for the sense that it wasn't over a little bit earlier. I mean, we all know what kind of goaltender he is at the end of the day that's still a challenging team to play no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how they start this season, they're still a dominant team. They still have a ton of power throughout the lineup. Um, so being able to go in, hang through the punches of what's more of a heavyweight battle, um, never to give up and then to end up winning it in the shootout, pretty, pretty resilient effort from the, from the guys in that game. And once again, I mean, they're showing a trend of winning these games where one point's cool but escaping with two is awesome.
1: So yeah, I mean that's just, it's going to show up later in the season and you know Tampa Carolina scored late to kind of get the game into overtime. Um but when you look at the game holistically it's like Carolina outshoots them 55 to 26 wins 60 plus percent of the faceoffs loses the special teams battle gave up two power play goals and was still able to find a way to get the victory in the end like they've had some regular season success for Tampa in the past couple years I'm pretty concerned about them still having to get over slaying the boogeyman in the playoffs uh, you know that's a problem for you know five six months from now but I also feel like Tampa plays differently. I mean, once you've won a couple cups, they kind of coast through these regular seasons. Not that they didn't get up to play Carolina, but uh, it, it seems to be a different test. And maybe now Carolina finally does have the juice offensively, uh, especially once Patches returns to beat a Vasilevsky or a Shostak in, in a playoff series. But you know, just another example of the you know old school joke: the Corsi Canes dominating a game and almost getting shut out by a great goalie performance, but not shut out, but shut out of the wind column by a great goalie performance. Uh, Very pleased to get the result. Uh, Any final notes there? All right, moving to Buffalo. Uh, Pretty exciting night. Uh, The return of Kane's great and Mike's favorite player, Jeff Skinner, uh, to the (laughs) building. A Buffalo team that maybe looks a little ahead of schedule got off to a nice start. I don't think it's super sustainable for that group, but... uh, they're definitely building something there. Uh, shout out to, uh, what, Kevin Adams, former Kane and current GM of the Sabres, doing a great job. Uh, but 5-3, the story is the Aho hat trick. Natchez continues to pile up the points. What you got for me?
0: Yeah, stars win you games. Um, that's what we've gone to see. Aho played absolutely lights out in that game. Almost had a hat trick in the first period, which – it would have been an amazing hat trick as it would have been five on five power play and shorthanded if he had finished off the breakaway. Um, But those are the games where you need star guys. Like that's it's the difference. One guy can swing a match and Aho completely took control of that game. And I'd be curious, just like, you know, just how we track Kyler Murray when, when Call of Duty comes out, I'd love to see what Jeff Skinner's stats look like when a Taylor Swift album comes out.
1: Um, the, the Kyler Murray discourse on uh, Twitter, uh, when the like new Call of Duty comes out, is some of my favorite content out there. Oh, so, that's fantastic. You know, the correlation with Jeff Skinner, Skinner and uh, Taylor Swift, uh, that's, that's really good. You know, maybe I'll write my next dissertation on that. So, uh, my my guy, my guy Jeff, whole 53 uh, cherry picking. Say the words, but um, good to get the W, um, and then really a, a lackluster performance yeah. uh, versus Toronto. You know, I, I thought they were good early. Uh, gets the uh, Nason goal on the kind of weird deflects it off the goalie's back on the power play or back of his leg. Um, felt game in hand kind of the whole way. Uh, Toronto ties it up there in the second absolute snipe piece, and in the third, I, I thought you were making a good push. But once you conceded the Tavares goal, they, they really just never got back, and it was pretty, meh, um, nah, lackluster, whatever you want to describe it. A little bit of a sleepy sl- Sunday. Canes always struggle, it seems like, in matinees, and, and Sunday was no different.
0: Yeah. Um, that It was an interesting game because this is where you play a team who's defensively weak, in my opinion, they're down to their third goalie, which in Toronto doesn't really mean much with who they've had. <laughs> the difference. Who they've had in goal, but Schalchgren, I think that is how you pronounce it. Uh, he, he's all right. I mean, but he's certainly beatable. And they made him look like a great goalie, and they made the defense look good. And I don't know if the guys just didn't have their legs, what it may have been, but that was like just a disappointing game, to be quite honest with you, because. If anything, I would have expected that one to be more of a shootout. But a 3-1 loss and to let the Nylander goal in at the
1: end was just kind of the backbreaker. Really inexcusable there by Freddie. I mean, you just got to have the stick on the ice. And, you know, uncharacteristic play by Jacob Slavin. You know, he doesn't have too many of those. And really, I don't think he played it that poorly. It was um, just not in his nature for that to ever happen. Yeah. A good hustle play by Nylander. Yeah, just... Overall, pretty disappointed by that game, and I I think that leads into hey they're down one nothing like I said tonight, um, kind of leads into what you wanted to talk about. Now we're just kind of gonna let you vent. Welcome to Mike's vent session. I'm just gonna moderate and, and kind of let's talk through what you're feeling about this team. Um, you know, I, what twelve games into the season and they're playing their thirteenth tonight. What I will say before Mike goes all in here is that you know like I said 12 games in currently playing the 13th got a game in hand over the Devils three points back at the top of the Metro currently sitting in third second best win percentage in the division third best win percentage in the east having a really good year but I think you're gonna talk about the butt and and what's really bothering you because it's not passing the eye test right now.
0: Yeah, it's just there. There's been some moments where you're just kind of like we're you're getting carried by young players that are elite, right? It's not much, and we're celebrating a. Uh, oh, they might have disallowed it. Oh, they disallowed a goal. Nine
1: minutes to play in the third. They waved off the goal. Sorry to cut you off, bro. I'll let no, you know we'll, if it's a goal. We'll we'll live react to the. Yeah, you're here. work you're working with us here, guys. Let's see what they call it. This is this is a different dynamic. I don't know how often we'll do it, but um, it, it's hey, a little little live in-game chat.
0: No audio from the game, so we have no it's idea. Tough.
1: Our, our boy and <laughs> Lord and Savior Roddy is not pleased.
0: Let's see what let's see what they got. This should take. I about wish we could do minutes. like live
1: Twitter polls and be like, "What do you guys think? Is it a goal?"
0: Yeah, yeah, one day maybe
1: we gotta we gotta up our social media game. I don't think it's either of our fortes.
0: yeah, oh okay <laughs> uh, yeah that might I don't no, know. he eh, checked him this fetch checked him in i don't I don't think they're it's gonna just, let this.
1: Uh, a Russian hug that's all let's see uh he checked he doesn't finish it at the end I mean is he not allowed to hit the where does the contact take place on the defender is my question. I
0: think it was in the crease.
1: Was it? If it is, then, yeah, that's not good. But if you hit some outside and it carries it in, that's fine. Ah, well, well, the decision's been made. made and they're no not goal. challenging, so no goal. I mean, Well, yeah. sorry to, well, not even say it. But, hey, Mike. Wh- wh- how false are the alarm. Canes, yeah, false alarm. How are the Canes not passing the eye test, in your opinion?
0: well let's start from the net out right now and you can't expect to have the same goaltender performance that we had last year both goalies played pretty exceptional when kachetkov had to come up pretty well also um yeah anderson's looked asleep in a lot of the games he's still giving you some of those saves but there's just way too many instances where we're letting by soft goals or we just look disinterested. Ranta's Ranta, right? Like he's gonna have he, he plays a little more of a of a stressful way. Well, in general. Skelter. He, he's yeah. let in
1: some softies, but he's sure. also made some spectacular saves and big moments.
0: So you you look at that, right, and so the goaltending isn't what it was and and it's to be expected, right? Right.
1: This was a trophy winning duo last year and trio if you count Chikkachov, but You know, they won the Jennings Trophy for least goals given up. Both guys were spectacular. Regression was inevitable. Yep. But this unit, more than anything, is the one that's concerning in my
0: book. Sure. Sure. And it's a question of, is this early regular season? And we're going to see something different by the end of the year, by the playoffs, maybe, right? Like, you can't rush to make judgments 12 games into the season. I've always said I like to analyze the season around January, but we'll, we like to kind of take apart a week at a time. Sure, and see we're, we're what here to we give see. our
1: perspective, and it, it's, it's glaring right now.
0: Yeah, so that that's your number one concern. I think defensively a little sluggish, making a few more mistakes – mistakes that lead directly to goals mistakes are inevitable what you want to eliminate are mistakes that lead directly to goals and we're seeing that and this isn't analytically or statistically backed up by any means this is just me on the eye test at this point i feel like we're, we're making more controllable mistakes that lead directly to goals for the other team and that's not a trend you want to get into and then we're we're seeming to uh, be going to the box quite a bit still as well. Yeah,
1: and you know we we touched on the the penalties things a few episodes ago, and I think that's a real thing. And now it's a, a reputation, uh, you know, causes of the consequences of having that reputation. I think for me, you know, Carolina has rated highly uh, intermittently when it comes to um, expected goals against, um, and usually they. Perform under that as far as like what they actually give up, what they're expected to give up. And, you know, it's kind of like the inverse Corsi Canes where they were supposed to score all these goals and didn't. Well, Carolina in in recent years under Rod has been, they're supposed to give up a lot and they don't give up that many. Uh, That's goaltending, that's defense, and that's kind of maybe sometimes you could say a hold in the analytics. And we we don't know what the internal data says, but yeah, it just seems like some careless, and it's we're we're 10 games, 13 games in now it's hard to call it early season at this point. You know, you're, you're over an eighth of the way through some guys just are not there. And you're really being carried by, you know, three forwards, um, Natchez, Ajo and Svetch, um, Slavin on the back end, Pesci and Shea have been all right. Brett Birds is very, he, I think he's coming on, but then the goal attending is just meh, And Gosh, it's really hard to say because we don't have the data to support this right now. We're not looking at the analytics like we do sometimes. It just doesn't seem right. Something isn't clicking, uh, and it's not an ability thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly not an ability thing. Um, and, it's yeah, it's interesting because this team was built, and you anticipated Kasha being in the lineup, and with the concussion, he's on IR right now to allow for the recall. Of Jury and Kuchetkov, or Kachetkov, excuse me, and then you look at the Stastny addition, and he's our healthy scratch tonight with Jury playing into the lineup. So that hasn't quite taken off as quickly as we would like to have to. And then you look at the obvious, the obvious player missing in Max Pacioretty, a guy that was brought in to swing momentum of games with his ability to score. Um, at five on five on the power play or unexpectedly just with the elite shot that he has score
1: score the, uh, the easy goal, the the goal that Carolina has really struggled to get in the playoffs. A guy that can create on his own has a, you know, lethal shot. Um, let, let's go into the, the Stasny, uh, Paul Snazzy healthy scratch tonight. Uh, nice to see Drury in the lineup for the first time this regular season. Um, is that the guy you would have scratched or are you, are you pleased with that decision? Are you happy to see Drury in the lineup or was the goal maybe like to continue playing so well that you didn't need to call him up?
0: Sure, so the Stasny scratch, like I, I want to give a guy like that an opportunity to play through it. He's been given 12 games up to date. Obviously his game isn't where Rod wants it to be and I get it. He hasn't quite meshed in yet. He is a guy that I think this team is going to need down the stretch so i don't know like you you can't and as much as we've said about martin nookie he, he's earned his spot in the lineup right, right now, now. uh step on the same nason the same like these guys have
1: i mean of that quartet you just named to me it's it's easy snazzy. and the problem is I agree with you. I, I do think he should be more of a mainstay and be granted the opportunity to work through, um, you know, this little, this dry spell and, and run a poor play. Um, you know, we're over here carrying the flag for scratching Martinook or, you know, moving him in some capacity. But, you know, he's making us eat our words right now. And it, it's hard not to root for uh, Jordan Martinook and what he's bringing to the lineup. Um, what were you talking about the other day um, when it came to kind of the life cycle of having him uh, on the team as far as like he's the kind of guy you bring in during a, you know, rebuild, juice, energy, kind of brings all the positive cultural things. But at this point, you probably don't want him in if you have Stanley Cup aspirations.
0: Yeah. And it's it, it's not meant as a slight to Martin Nook. And he could certainly prove me wrong. I'm not going to say. He that. has thus far this year. So far. But to me, Martinook is the kind of player that is a utility knife that when you're rebuilding and you're trying to build culture and when you're trying to have players compete for eighty two games regardless of how the season's going Martinook's the kind of guy that you want in your lineup there's no there's no doubt about that for me come playoff time I'm not sure that he's the guy that's gonna make the game changing impact I mean we We've seen it in the past and his game. I mean, objectively,
1: he has not.
0: Everybody else's game becomes his game in the playoffs. The, when you're an energy guy that competes on every shift, well, guess what happens in the playoff? Everybody
1: com- everybody right. competes right. on every hey, shift. And not to cut you off, but we've seen this a little bit that we've speculated at least that you watch Carolina play in the regular season. They've had such tremendous success in recent seasons in the regular season and I think some of that is you just try harder than your opponent. And over 82 games, you're going to win games you sh- shouldn't just because you're trying harder than they are. And the roster's at a you know point where you have enough ability and the combination of effort plus talent, you're going to win, even versus teams that have more talent than you. Martin Nook kind of embodies that for us, it sounds like. And so um, when you get to the playoffs... And you wonder, hey, what happened to the third or fourth line, whatever he's playing on at that time, depending on the year. Or sometimes he's been elevated, and it's like, it just seems like a void. And, hey, maybe he gets you through the regular season. It's uh, kind of a band-aid, and I, I hate to be, you know, kind of giving the guy a hard time. Um, but if this team uh, wants to be, you know, battling for a Stanley Cup here um, late May into June, um, Unless he's playing like he's playing now, you probably don't want it to be a necessity that he's in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I would agree. But like we've mentioned right now, he's needed, especially because some of the games where we've just had a little bit of a lack of intensity. Um, I mean, you're looking at guys like Turbo, right? He, he's he got to get into gear. He's not currently in gear. Roddy will get that right. Um, Jarvis, you want to see a little more production from him on – On Ajo's wing KK I think has been playing his role well but I think there's another step that he can take this season and the issue is you want these young guys to continue to take step for steps forward rather than stagnate or take a step backwards so you need guys like kk you need guys like jarvis to take that step forward as a guy like nature's has right and you need turbo to find that consistency in his game and we need more production from stall and Faust and whoever's on their wing so there's a lot to be desired throughout the lineup but like you mentioned before we started all of this, the team's not in a bad position. So to have these issues and to be able to work through them and still be in a winning position, you know, we can't complain yet, but there are things that this team's got to figure out and maybe it is, something patch ready returns and all of a sudden the depth scoring increases just from his insertion into the lineup. So, it, it, you know, we don't want it, to, it's not doom and gloom. It's no, not it's definitely cloudy. not. Doom and gloom. Yeah.
1: No, I think things are really good here. And I, I was walking out of the stadium on Sunday, uh, talking to your sister and Corey and me, her and RJ were chatting up. And it was like, you know, it's easy to leave the game and be pretty disappointed and acknowledge that they're not passing the eye test right now. But at the same time, you know, they have one well, of top four win percentage in the whole league. Um, they've been successful in regular seasons. And you know what, guys? It wasn't that long ago that you couldn't purchase the playoff appearance and get anyone in that building. Things are pretty good right now. Let, let, let's not freak out. Uh, we have a very strong team, a, a worthy cup contending type roster. Um, just got to weather the storm. They're going to be better. And you got to be excited that your stars, for the most part, have been stars. Uh, but the emergence of Marty Nacea kind of into that core level. Hey, turbo, slow starter. You know, how hard do you attack the offseason? We don't have to keep harping on it. Jarvis, sophomore slump, going to happen. Everyone else kind of fine. I mean, as expected to the most part, and hey, this isn't Edmonton, who ironically is their opponent tomorrow, where you're carried by two guys. You know, they, they're they going to have some distributed scoring up and down the lineup. Brent Burns is only going to get better. I really like what I've seen. Um, overall, not the worst, but yeah, you, in your gut, it just doesn't feel right at the moment, and maybe that's because we've we've gotten a little spoiled.
0: We have certainly been spoiled. There's no doubt about that. You know, it. You don't have to look too far back in the memory bank to f- to remember what it was like when you would, you know, put your arms out and your legs out in your in your seats. Because it's was nice no to one. have
1: your, a section to yourself. Yeah. So uh, uh, we've
0: we've seen dark times. Certainly not dark times, but you know, when you build a winner like. The, the organization has built to this point, there is a new set of expectations and that's, you can't get around that and you can't just be grateful to have a team that makes the playoffs. Like there is an expectation to take that next step.
1: Yeah. The, and there has been some sleepy performances where I, I didn't think the effort level level necessarily met the Rod Brindabor standard. Um, and maybe that's not a fair critique, um, from what we've come to know from these guys and the level that they can play at. Um, but I say that in the same time, like it doesn't feel like an effort thing to me. It feels like a lack of sharpness and execution. And you're, you know, you're getting by in some games just by some key players making plays at the right time to kind of keep you in it. Um, they just don't feel, like I said, super sharp right now. I, you got to feel like that rounds in the form at some point. Yeah.
0: When like I've mentioned to you and said on the podcast like let's let's see where we're at in January let's let things play out let's wait for the next patches update as it sounds like he's a little bit ahead of schedule which yeah, I would be in, news. I would I would be in no hurry to get him out there but yeah, with uh, all let,
1: let him go through a a long uh integration period of of lots of on ice work before ever getting in the lineup in a real game. I mean, absolutely. The team's going to be in position where they're not going to need to rush them back and they shouldn't.
0: Yep. I totally agree. So, you know, it's just one of those things. uh, You look at the, the run of the schedule too. It's been, it's been a pretty daunting schedule. The NHL has still not figured out how to schedule games. Well, so
1: you think if they would have learned something from COVID, the, the schedule like was a plus, right? Like, lots of back-to-backs for same opponents, less travel. I mean, lot, that stuff made complete sense. But we're sitting over here. You've had two back-to-backs in the past 10 days where it was a home and a road. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Two uh, segments of three games and four nights. Like, what, Is this we, the AHL? Yeah, I mean, a- <laughs> what are we after, talking after about you right? had three- and four-day breaks between games earlier in this, it's just... There's no cohesion in it and it's really kind of frustrating. I'm sure you know maybe these guys don't focus on it, but at the end of the day they, they know it's not right too. Uh, and maybe at some point they'll get the scheduling thing uh, amended to make a little bit more sense. But uh, that's a battle for tomorrow. I agree. Um, so let's before we get out of here, kind of preview, let's at least get through the Chicago game. Uh, next Monday. So tomorrow night, as we said, Canes uh, in a rematch versus Edmonton Oilers who defeated Carolina earlier this season in Edmonton. Um, probably not much to preview there. We kind of know what the playbook is. Um, I We predicted uh, post the lost Edmonton that Carolina would have a much better effort uh, in Raleigh because you can control the matchups having second change at home.
0: Yep. Only thing that would concern you, right, is back-to-back away travel. Um, that's the only thing that would concern me. It'll totally depend on how the team starts and finishes the game. If they have energy from the jump, that would be very important to not dig themselves a hole. And then they'll also need energy to finish out the game. So they always seem to find energy in the middle of the game. It's just super important on these back to backs to have that effort at the beginning and end of the game.
1: Uh, no doubt. And you know, what I want to see in this one and Carolina's on the power play as we close out the second period, uh, be huge uh, on clean ice to maybe get a goal uh, to start the third and get level early uh, in a game that's you know very winnable right now versus Florida. But what I'll be looking for tomorrow night, I would say you've played two teams this season, one in Edmonton, of course, and the other in Toronto where, you know, stout star players up front um, that can dictate and win a game but maybe suspect on the back end with questionable goaltending in both those matchups. I think Carolina's struggled to kind of assert themselves and control the game. They were probably better, a little better versus Toronto and ran out of gas, but can they dictate the terms? That's what I want to see in shutting down, uh, the two big horses in Edmonton. Absolutely. And then with, we have to remember with Anderson
0: being out, which we didn't really talk about a whole lot. Um, you're gonna have to lean on Kachekov during this, during this three and four yeah, game, I mean, he's three getting, games. Yeah, he's getting
1: Edmonton days. tomorrow, and and has been pretty good so far tonight. Uh, I, you know, we missed the first goal, but um, yeah, I mean, in prep, but Kachekov versus Edmonton, it's a good test. I mean, he, yeah. he's I, I'm a believer, and until I see something that makes me, you know, a run of play that goes against that. I'd rather see Freddie get uh, healthy because something's just seemed off. And when that guy's on his game and using his large frame and at the top of the crease, he can be dominant. But health is clearly an issue. Uh, Canes are very fortunate to have three solid uh, goaltenders uh, on the roster. Absolutely. All right. After Edmonton, Carolina travels to Colorado to uh, play the defending Stanley Cup champs, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Abs – off to a lesser start this year. Um, currently the 19th best record in the league. Not what you would expect, little uh, Stanley Cup hangover. But obviously a team that has as much talent as anyone in the league. Um, is, is goaltending the issue there with Darcy Kemper out the door? To be honest, I'm I'm not really sure where their their leak
0: weaknesses lied in the start. I would assume there's some goaltending issues, but I haven't watched a ton of Colorado this year. Yeah, so I, we'll have to see what the team looks like. I know that they were able to go get some results when they were over in Finland for the NHL travel. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see how they look. This could be just yeah, an looks example. Looks like they got a
1: little juice off that trip. They have a yeah. number of Finns on the team. Um, That'll be interesting to see. Hey, Nathan McKinnon's having another spectacular year, uh, 19 points in 11 games, but only three goals. So maybe look for him to get going, uh, pot a few more, uh, going forward. You know, one of the best two, three, four players in the league, um, that guy. So, gonna be a test. Uh, interesting to see. You know, Carolina's getting the results and not playing well. Colorado's not getting results and not playing to their standard. Uh, once again, who's gonna really control the game? Uh, in what could be a Stanley Cup final preview.
0: Yeah, it, that, that should be another good game just to be a run of good games that we're seeing. The, the Canes are playing a lot of heavy hitters and getting really tested early on here in some of their games, and so far they've responded in a lot of those tests, and it's good to kind of get those games in early so that it allows Rod to work on and tweak the things that he thinks need to be tweaked.
1: So what you're saying is they haven't played the Devils' schedule this year?
0: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You mean the best team in hockey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they, you you only can beat who's on your schedule, so they they're taking care of business. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when the schedule firms up, uh, middle to the back half of the year. Because I'm not a believer yet. I, I, I would be shocked. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs, but I'd be shocked if they really contended for the Metro as we went down the stretch. Um, a team that won't be contending for anything, despite maybe getting off to a slightly better start than everyone expected. Uh, Carolina will travel to Chicago uh, on Monday night to play the Blackhawks. This is a far cry from, you know, the Blackhawks teams of yesteryear uh, that won three cups uh, in the Tays and King and air. Even those guys are still around, you know, full rebuild here uh, for the Hawks, um, you know, franchise that's really in you know turmoil on a lot of aspects. So one that off really a, a tough three game stretch here, uh, starting tonight in Florida, maybe a little bit of a reprieve to, to end the, uh, road trip, uh, in the United center.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that should, that should be an easy win you would think for the team. Um, I'm surprised that we haven't seen movement on at least Kane out of Chicago yet. I would assume Taves would, will be on the way out as well. Um, and Taves has had a pretty good start to the season the way he's been playing. So I think he is uh, more palatable to some teams than maybe he was in the past. But if this team is truly
1: in the tank for Bedard mode, then... They're, you know, they're winning too many games right they, now. They need hey, they're, they're plucky. They got you a know, good first week of the season. Um, Patrick Kane, it feels like he's a foregone conclusion, going to get traded the uh, rumor I believe I heard on 32 thoughts um, is that kind of one to evaluate the first part of the year and really see who is going to be the contenders uh, before kind of leveraging to put himself to make a move. Um, But that one, like I said, feels inevitable. I wouldn't be shocked if Johnson stays, stays around, Um, you know, long time captain seems like one of those guys that might value the whole plays your entire career for one franchise, Uh, you know, Gets annoyed and is uh all-time great for the Hawks. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. He could want to get out of there because hey, losing's tough, man. It's not fun to be in locker rooms. It's hard to be around the guys. And I'd imagine it's very tough to be, you know, a guy that was a captain for cup winners to have been presiding over the same, you know, performance the last four or five years. Um, but hey, you you go all in to win cups. They did it three times. This is the price you pay for that. I mean, Pittsburgh. Has been trying to prolong it for years. They got their two cups. It, it's okay. Um, yep. w- we would trade that in a heartbeat to, you know, banners hang forever. So um, that has no bearing on Monday night, on uh, next Monday night, and uh, we'd expect Carolina to roll. These are not the banner hanging Hawks. Uh, any final thoughts, bud? Uh, just Hootie and the Blowfish, right? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that? Is, was that appealing? You know, had listened, we mentioned um, last time that had listened to. Once again, I think thirty-two thoughts uh, had the commissioner—not the commissioner, deputy commissioner of like fan entertainment or something—on, and they were, you know, pitching someone big. I mean, Darius Rucker's big. I mean, who even Blowfish? Big. It's not what I thought they would go with, um, but I'm glad they didn't go with some like heavy death metal thing that they've done in the past too
0: yeah I mean I think this fits Carolina more than it fits what the NHL's image of of music is whether that's Green Day or MGK <laughs> or whatever it may be I would have I would have puked if it was well I can't I, I'll retract that statement as a young child I did listen to quite a bit of Green Day don't judge me but MG 20 some years ago <laughs> MGK is uh not my style, not even yeah. remotely, um, um, pretty boring stuff.
1: So, I mean... Who, hey, if you like them, that's, that's on you. I mean, we give our takes on, seems like everything nowadays, so yeah. it's just not for us. Um, We're a music Hootie podcast. and the Blowfish, <laughs> music podcast, Jersey podcast, welcome to Fashion Corner with Mike. <laughs> that's a little more exciting than Rules with Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still like Rules with Mike.
1: Um, uh, Once we cut this off, Mike will come back on for two minutes for Rules with Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's never going to happen. But yeah, Hooting blow, Blowfish, good ad. I mean, it's, you know, Darius like Parker, South Carolina guy. I think their music's really good. Um, I, I I'm still curious to see what the vibe's going to be as far as like there's been the rumor they're going to play stuff during the game. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't even know how that's possible. Um, smarter people than me, and they're, they're clearly doing some experimental stuff. I just need the, um, night or the outdoor game jerseys to get released the sweaters that is what i'm waiting for more than anything else um dude black beard all the way
0: (laughs) oh dude i mean it's just that's not going to be the the jersey but one day it's going to happen you can all thank me later um i will say that i think the on uh, or the the during the game performances will likely be set up around the rink i would think in that open space where
1: the football Apparently, you have like foot traffic down there with like hey it's it's gonna be an event i haven't been invited so (laughs) (laughs) i uh i hesitate to use the like once in a lifetime opportunity but um i'm not sure how many times we'll see you know an outdoor hockey game played in north carolina um so obviously if you're listening to this you're you're a fan of the team and, and we'll probably do your best to be there but if you're not if you're just learning hockey, if you have friends that, you know, have really never been around the game, I think that's going to be an awesome event uh to bring them to to get them involved because hey, there there's more room on this bandwagon and and we're looking for a deep run into June. Uh everybody can hop aboard.
0: Absolutely. So now I guess at this point, they just stay tuned for two minutes of rules with my
1: night, <laughs> <laughs> <Not> y'all. <laughs>